Hey, you're listening to the Quarry Podcast. Get ready to be encouraged and uplifted with us today. I'm excited to talk to you guys. So I've been telling you guys, I've been having this, this really um, just interesting experience the last six months of my life where it's like God took me back to square one to really take a look at what I believe. And I've shared some of that with you guys, stuff about... Um, just even looking at things that like aren't, aren't really hot topics in the church today, like the holiness of God and living a holy life and what that means or being sanctified and really what that really means, what redemption really means. So tonight is one of those topics that I want to talk to you about that I don't hear a lot of people really talking about in the church, um, but I do hear the Bible talking about it a whole lot, and that is the blood of Jesus. And tonight's message is called Bring in the Blood. And in a way, this felt really uh, hard to preach just because it's such a powerful subject and a subject with a lot of weight. Um, But the beautiful thing is that God makes it so simple. Like when I went to look at at scriptures for this, I found so many, there's no way I could have fit them in the service tonight. Literally, there was like 45 amazing scriptures I had pulled and I had to narrow it down. And I got so convicted because I realized the Bible talks about the blood of Jesus so much and I've been talking about it not at all pretty much. And I'll be super honest with you. You know, sometimes if you spent your whole life growing up in church, you kind of have this thing of like, I love church and I love God and I get it. And I want to invite my friends to church, but what if they think it's weird, right? If my friend comes to church on a Sunday and we're talking about the blood, will they think it's a cult? Check yes or no. You know, that kind of thing. Like, how do we make this cool? How do we make people not scared of it? How do we blah, 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 blah. I was totally guilty of thinking these things growing up. Like, I love praying in tongues, but what if my friend comes to church and someone busts out in tongues and they don't understand it, you know? And I I had all this stuff going on in my head when I was young. So there were certain things that I was like... I believed what would kind of try to hide, right? Like, let me just talk about the love of Jesus, and then, like, after you're fully in, we'll bring up the blood or something, because I just don't want you to be freaked out, you know? It just sounds kind of weird, and we don't talk about blood in our society. Most of us think blood is very gross. Some people pass out if they see blood, right? Anyone in the room do that? (laughs) Teagues, okay. (laughs) It happens. People hate blood. It's gross. If someone else's blood gets on you, that's disgusting, right? I wear gloves at work. When I I started my job when I was 16, and I was cleaning off dental trays, doing it with my bare hands, and one of the assistants saw me and was like, what are you doing? That's disgusting. Someone could have a blood-borne disease. And then I was just really embarrassed and also very grossed out. So blood is just gross, okay? It's not really that cool to talk about in our society, But the Bible places a huge emphasis on the blood of Jesus. And here's the thing I've learned as I've got older. I don't don't have to uh, be scared to talk to people about what the Bible says, even if I feel like they may not fully understand it. First of all, I'm here to help explain it to them. But second of all, the Holy Spirit can move on people's hearts. And even if they don't understand it, they will believe it and be drawn to it because that's happened to every single one of us. Or a lot of people have showed up at our church and been like, wow, I don't know what praying in tongues was, but that service, like I really felt something and I want to go back next Sunday. So I got over all of that as I grew older, but I had a lot of audacity to think that maybe the blood was something we, you know, didn't need to talk about all the time. Like the nerve that I should make that call when the Bible talks about the blood all the time the time. But I do want to take a look at it because when I'm saying that to you tonight, you might be like, I don't know what you mean, the blood, right? Okay, we're talking about the blood of Jesus, but like, what does that mean? Why is that important? And I've been convicted because Dr. Jacobs came out with this little book, How Far Does the Blood Go? 
And I've grown up in this church for a long time, so I've heard that message preached, and I've heard him talk about it. But on a daily basis, I was not thinking about the blood. I was not praying about the blood. I was not talking about the blood. There was no part of my life that was really involving the blood of Jesus. So when I was putting this together, I was extremely convicted when I looked at the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament, and literally saw that the blood of Jesus was present throughout all of it and referenced throughout all of it, but it was basically absent from my life by my own doing. So I want to talk to you tonight. This message is called Bring in the Blood because that's what I want you to do in your life. That's what I'm doing in my life. We need to bring the blood of Jesus into our lives every single day day and don't live without acknowledging, honoring, and receiving the benefits of the blood of Jesus. Because going back to the basics, like the significance of the blood of Jesus is one of the cornerstones of the Christian faith, right? Without the blood of Jesus, we're not Christians and we don't have the Christian faith. <laughs> we we kind of have to have it. It's a big deal. So let's not shy away from it just because we don't understand it or we, because we think it sounds weird or because some cults and things have misrepresented blood to be bizarre things that it's not. But the blood of Jesus is really the entire pinnacle of the Old Testament and the Gospels. It's all building up to the blood of of Jesus, because that's what was required. So this is what I want to talk to you about tonight. Three things that the blood of Jesus did. The blood of Jesus bought you. The blood of Jesus brought you. And the blood of Jesus taught you. I'll say it again, and then we're going to break them down. The blood of Jesus bought you. The blood of Jesus brought you. And the blood of Jesus taught you. I had a potential fourth one called the blood of Jesus fought you, but <laughs> I, was talking, I was talking about like how it provides a way for us to like get out of sin, but then I just thought the title was like too misleading, so <laughs> I scrapped that one, but you can put it down if you want, and if you just want to think on that and meditate on it, you're welcome to do that. So potentially the blood of Jesus fought you, but... It's not what it sounds like, so it was a little too muddy <laughs> to dive into that one. But <laughs> the first one tonight I want to discuss in depth is that the blood of Jesus bought you. And we see this in Hebrews 9, 22. In the NIV, it says this. In fact, the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood. That sounds disgusting. That's not the way we talk these days. That's why we're talking about it tonight to explain what that means. The law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. And the Bible says this also in 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. It was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value, but it was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless lamb of God. And we have to realize because of the sin of humanity, we owed a debt that had to be paid with death. That was the only option. And I'm not going to get too deep and I'm not going to get too like theological with you, but that was the price of sin. And we see that all throughout the Old Testament. That's why they had to do gross things like bring a sacrifice to the temple, right? We just get to show up at church and serve in the kids' classrooms and, you know, donate to special projects. They had to bring like doves and cows and kill them at church and walk through the blood and do these gross things. It was a big dramatic ceremony. It was a huge process, but the 
point was to try and cover their sin because you sinned this year and I sinned this year. So that means we would need to show up at church with some kind of animal so that we can bring out that blood to cover our sin for the year. That's really intense. It's also disgusting. And it was also temporary. This is why it had to be repeated. So instead of finding like a lasting freedom from their sin, people were really kind of reminded of their sin and their previous sins were covered. But until the next time a sacrifice was made, they were living with sin. And this was a pretty big problem because this is the reason we see in the Old Testament, it was only like the priests and the prophets who could speak to God. If we had lived in those times under that covenant and those laws, you and I could not talk to God, which is hard to even fathom because we can talk to God anytime, anywhere with ease. But back then, they were unable to do that because there was no permanent removal of the sin in their life, right? That sin was constantly keeping them from God. That's what sin does. Sin isn't just a list of of bad things God doesn't want you to do. Sin is anything that keeps you from God. And sin does keep you from God. You can't fellowship with God properly or hear him when there's sin in your life. So this is where the whole idea of sacrifice and blood comes into play because that's how you have to deal with sin. Sin creates a debt that has to be payable by death or bloodshed. And so because of that, God could not just save us. He actually had to purchase us. He had to pay a debt. If God really wanted to be able to talk to you every day and you to talk to him and not just talk through a priest or a prophet, he had to buy you because of your sin, God had to purchase you. And that's why this all kind of hinges on the blood of Jesus. So we have to realize it was no small thing to cancel out all that sin, the sin of all humanity, the evil, the death, the distortion of morality, all of it. And that, it can be difficult to grasp because for us today, it's really easy, right? If you've really grown up with a relationship with God, you know forgiveness is easy. All you have to do is pray and ask him, and I can take care of it in an instant, and my sin is removed, and I'm completely forgiven, and I can move forward. But that was not the case in the Old Testament. People lived with the guilt of their sin because it wasn't something they could get rid of. They could kind of cover it up annually with their sacrifices, but it wasn't something that could be totally removed. So this was actually a huge thing that Jesus had to do for the blood of Jesus to buy us is uh, that's no small thing. That's an impossible miracle, really, that happened. And we have to think of this, too. Sometimes we think our world is in such bad shape right now, but (laughs) the world has always been in bad shape ever since Adam sinned. Like, everything that's happening today, it is dramatic. It is crazy. I'm not um, making light of that, but that was really all happening in the Bible times and all the times in between now in the Bible times, you know? Racial issues really intense things, really, and just tragic. Like when sin entered the world into Adam and Eve, um, one of the things that came of that was that later one of their sons killed his brother. They lost a child at the hands of one of their other children. Like if you read the Old Testament, it's full of tragedy. It's full of really horrible things, some really disgusting things, some really heartbreaking things. If we saw those things on the news, we would be really disturbed because it's really crazy. So the world has always been in this state, and it's been because of sin. Sin being introduced into the world brought all of that chaos and all that mess. So we think we're in bad shape now, but it's really been that way since Adam sinned. And we can see that through the Old Testament. But I want to bring this out about the blood of Jesus. Oswald Chambers said this, When Jesus Christ shed his blood on the cross, it was not the blood of a martyr 
or the blood of one man for another, but it was the life of God poured out to redeem the world. And that's what made it so significant. It wasn't just a man that died, but it was God who sacrificed himself that day in human form for you and I. And so we were purchased by the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus bought you. And let's not lose sight of that. It seems, like I said, so easy for us. We get saved by praying a simple prayer. We receive forgiveness by praying a simple prayer. We can receive healing by a simple prayer. Everything is like through simple prayers. And I'm not saying everything in life is simple, but those small decisions that are so easy for us actually came at a great price. And it wasn't so easy for people living in the Old Testament before Jesus had died. So I want you to recognize tonight that the blood of Jesus bought you. And the second thing I want to talk about is the fact that the blood of Jesus brought you. And we talked about this a little, but again, the blood of Jesus performed the absolutely impossible miracle of bringing you near to God. And sometimes I think we give, I, I've been guilty of this. I won't put words in your mouth, but I've been guilty of um, maybe giving myself credit sometimes for drawing near to God. Because, <laughs> you know, I do. But <laughs> that I can only do that through the blood of Jesus. Like, it's hard for me to fathom that there was a time in humanity where people could not draw near to God. They couldn't. You know, that responsibility is on me now, so I can do it if I want to. I don't have to if I don't want to. If I'm not close to God, that's my fault, not his, because I can draw close anytime I want. But there was a time when people could not be close to God. Like I said, they were not allowed to talk to God. They relied on the priests and the prophets to hear from God. And I just can't imagine what that would be like. A life knowing that I can't pray and ask God something for myself. I can't get direction from God for my life. I can't go to him for hope or strength or help or anything else. I absolutely can't imagine a life like that because I've never known a life like that. But we have to recognize that that distance that was created by the sin in our lives was not something we could overcome on our own. You can't give yourself credit, really, for serving God and for knowing him. It was absolutely impossible without the blood of Jesus. And we see this in Ephesians 2.13 in the Amplified. It says this, but now at this very moment in Christ Jesus, you who were once so very far away from God have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. So without the blood of Jesus, the default is that you are very far from God. Like I said, this can be a little hard to wrap your mind around because none of us know a life like this. Even if you haven't prayed in three years, you can still pray right now, right now and talk to God with no problem. We don't understand what a life apart from God is really like, but we were far off and we've been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. And the Bible also said this in Colossians 1, 19 through 20. It says, God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ and through him, God reconciled everything to himself. Listen to this. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. That's a really big statement. Before I really started reading all this and studying, I, I, it wasn't on my mind that God made peace with everything in heaven and earth by Christ's blood on the cross. The blood of Jesus, which I had been largely ignoring in my life, is so powerful it brought peace to everything in heaven and on earth. It fixed everything that had been broken, which is crazy. And I know that if the blood of Jesus fixed everything on heaven, in heaven and on earth that had been broken, 
It can fix anything in my life that's been broken. It is a small thing <laughs> to repair my life after the blood of Jesus has already repaired all of heaven and earth. And it doesn't mean that everything is perfect, but it does mean that if our faith is in the blood, we can experience peace with everything in heaven and on earth. And again, this was powerfully illustrated in the Old Testament where we witnessed people being far from God. Why were people lost all the time? Miserable things were happening. People couldn't talk to God. People experienced tragedy left and right throughout the entire Old Testament. It's just chaos. It's the craziest stories. But it's because they were distant from God. They could not be close to God. Can you imagine not being able to ask God about things and get direction? I absolutely can't. But the blood of Jesus has brought us close to God, which is extremely significant because you and I are living a life today that never would have been possible without that. We couldn't have done it. The blood of Jesus has brought us close to God. And the third thing, which I'm going to spend the most time on tonight, is that the blood of Jesus taught you. The blood of Jesus bought you and the blood of Jesus brought you. But this, I believe, uh, is probably the part that impacts our life the most today, or at least in the most visible way. It's that the blood of Jesus taught us. And what I mean by that is that the blood of Jesus teaches us who we really are. Yeah. And this is what I mean. In Hebrews 9:14, it says this. Just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciences from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. For by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. And if we look at it in the message, it says it this way. If that animal blood and the other rituals of purification were effective in cleaning up certain matters of our religion and behavior, think of how much more the blood of Christ cleans up our whole lives inside and out. Through the Spirit, Christ offered himself as an unblemished sacrifice, freeing us from all those dead-end efforts to make ourselves respectable so that we can live all out for God. And one of the biggest things that these passages are talking about is a clean conscience which I didn't know this when I was younger, but the older I've gotten, the more I just realize people just, when people have sinned and messed up, which is all of us, we all have, that really changes people. And even though God has forgiven them, they often don't forgive themselves. That stuff weighs on their conscience and it sits on them and that guilt and shame just sits on them. And it begins to define who they are. So many people are living in just the light of either what they've done that they feel bad about or bad things that have happened to them, difficult, traumatic situations, things that they've done or things that have been done to them. And it just kind of morphs these people into somebody different, right? We all say things like that, like, man, I wish I enjoyed life more when I was 14 because it was easy and fun, right? <laughs> now it can be less easy and fun at times. Or you think of yourself when you were a kid and you're like, man, living the life as a seven-year-old was like the best thing that ever happened to me. Everything was great, you know? But why do we say those kinds of things? It's because we're a different person now because of things that we've gone through. But this is so powerful to say that the blood of Jesus Christ can purify your conscience, that is so valuable. And like I said, I wouldn't have recognized the value as much in, in that as 15 years ago. But as I've gotten older, I just encounter people who are so torn up in their life by things that they've done and they just can't get it off their conscience. 
They just can't seem to move past it. Or maybe things that have happened to them that were horrible and traumatic, and they just can't seem to get beyond the damage of that, and it just weighs on them, right? Guilt, shame, things like that. That affects so many people, and there's just so many adults that I know that are, are walking through life, and they're just completely molded by that in their life. It shapes every part of who they are. It shapes what they do and what they think and who they hang around, feelings of being unworthy or, or just having things that weigh on them. But the blood of Jesus came to bring freedom from all that. In the message, it said this, think of how much more the blood of Christ cleans up our whole lives inside and out. So I'm talking tonight about things you've done and things that have happened to you, okay? No matter what, on either side, the blood of Jesus came to clean up your life inside and out. And when you allow that to happen, that's when you are truly a new creature in Christ Jesus. You're who God has called you to be. When he said, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Well, if you're in Christ, that means you're under the blood of Jesus. And if you will take advantage of the fact that it can clean up your life inside and out, you'll be who you were called to be. Because number one, you're not called to live damaged by what's happened to you, even though I'm really sorry for what's happened to you. And I understand you know, I just know, I know a lot of people that, that I love and just horrible things have happened in their life. So I'm not making light of that, but there's a way to be free from that. And you can also be free from what you've done. Too many people are just walking around, letting themselves feel shame and guilt for things that they did years ago. That benefits no one. And in fact, it's, really in a way just ignoring the blood of Jesus. You're living your life every day without acknowledging what the blood of Jesus did for you and receiving that. The blood of Jesus came no matter who you are and what you did and what happened to you to clean up your life from the inside out. And when you really realize that you're free from your past, it opens you up to enjoy your future. Your future can be ruined by your past if you let it. And there are too many adults who are letting their futures be ruined by their past. They think they have no future because of their past. And that is such a shame because in Jesus, we all have a future. I think it was Jesse Duplantis said, the blood of Jesus erases our past and the name of Jesus moves us into our future. You have a future, but you're going to have to take advantage of what the blood of Jesus Christ did for you. Let it clean up your life from the inside out because if you are, accept freedom from your past, you can actually enjoy your future. You can actually look forward to your future. You can actually believe that you have a future. And this was amazing. Charles Spurgeon said this, there may be some sins of which a man cannot speak, but there is no sin which the blood of Jesus cannot wash away. There may be some sins of which a man cannot speak, but there is no sin which the blood of Christ cannot wash away. And I'm not here to ask you what you've done wrong. I don't want to know. <laughs> I hope you don't want to know what I've done wrong either because <laughs> I don't want to tell you. But, you know, I just felt this, that there, there are some of you who would be super ashamed to stand up in front of us with a microphone and tell us what you've done. And that's me too. We have all done things we're ashamed of. But even the things that you feel like you could never speak to anyone or tell anyone else about, the blood of Jesus can wash that away. You know, in Dr. Jacob's book, sometimes we forget, we forget the kind of person that he was. And I'm not telling his business, it's all in his book, so you can read it. But, you know, we see the prophet and the pastor, but we didn't see the drug addict and the dealer 
and the guy who was rough around the edges and carried weapons and probably didn't talk nice or look nice or treat people right, you know? And we've all done those things in our own way, but we see that even in the scriptures, the apostle Paul was a murderer and it wasn't, he didn't just get mad and kill somebody one time and like a fit of rage. He hunted down Christians to kill them. That's what he did because he could. And we see that all throughout the Bible, people who did unimaginable things, terrible things, gross things, horrible things. And we see them go on to do amazing things for God. That doesn't happen by accident. And that also doesn't happen if you hold on to your past. Your past is absolutely not worth holding on to because you can't move forward into your future if you do that. You won't be able to help anyone. I'm really grateful for some of the difficult things I've been through because I have so much compassion for other people now that I didn't have when I was younger. And I'm also able to help other people because I can say, oh, yeah, that, you know, I've done that. I've been there. That's happened to me. And it doesn't mean those things were easy, but they happened and I'm not going to let them ruin my future just because I made some mistakes in my past, you know? And we see that illustrated all throughout the Bible, people making really big mistakes. <laughs> like they're not small things. No shade to the Apostle Paul or King David, but they did, they did some really bad things. But when they did those things, they ran to God and they received forgiveness. And the Apostle Paul literally wrote most of the New Testament, preached some of the most life-changing messages that we're still reading today. And he was somebody who had to let the blood of Jesus clean up his past so he can move into his future. God did that for him. The blood of Jesus did that for him, but he had to receive it and move forward into it. And I don't want to see your life wasted or ruined by some kind of mistake you think you made, or even something that happened to you that wasn't your fault, wasn't your choice, wasn't what you deserved, the damage it left in your life can still be cleaned up. You can still move forward. It does not have to define your future at all. At all. It said the blood of Jesus will completely restore you inside and out. And sometimes I've been guilty of this. I've just settled for like the bare minimum of healing. You know, like, oh, it's still really affecting me, but like it's much better than it used to be. And that's just, it's just not worth living that way when God has made a way for me to be completely whole in a way that those things had never happened to me. I had never made those mistakes. I had never experienced that situation. I can be completely restored. That is what the blood of Jesus will do. Don't settle for a simpler solution. Don't settle for just barely getting by or just, you know, being better than you used to. No, God has made a way for you to be completely restored so that you can walk into your future with absolutely no damage from your past. Absolutely none. And I want to say this to you, by the blood of Jesus, you're not a guilty person you're a forgiven person. That's what God is trying to bring us into. And I even sometimes have a hard time with that because I can just get overwhelmed feeling like, oh my gosh, like God has forgiven me of so much and I don't deserve this and I don't deserve that and blah, 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 blah. But Dr. Jacobs has just famously said, you don't want what you deserve. Each of us deserves death. We don't want it, <laughs> but we deserve it. But you don't want what you deserve. You want what's being offered. If God is offering you complete restoration, then take it. That verse said, Christ offered himself as an unblemished sacrifice for you, freeing you from all of your dead-end efforts to make yourself respectable so we can live all out for God. So by the blood of Jesus, you're not a guilty person. You're forgiven. It's easy to say, but a lot of people don't believe that. You're forgiven. By the blood of Jesus, you're not a dirty person. You're a clean person. 
You've been cleansed. By the blood of Jesus, you're not a broken person, but you're a restored person. That's what the blood of Jesus can do. And I've been so guilty of not putting my faith in the blood of Jesus or really believing what it can fully do for me. The Bible is saying it can take care of everything. It brought peace to heaven and to earth and made all things right. That's amazing. And I have access to that every single day. And I want to read this in 2 Corinthians 5, 16 and 17. It says this, so we've stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. And sometimes we've heard this so many times that we've really lost the value and we've looked it over. But you literally have access to a new life every single day clean of your past completely clean the blood of jesus teaches you who you are to say you're whole you're not broken and damaged you can be whole and you're not filled with shame and disgrace you're not a sham you're not fooling everyone right that's one thing the devil loves to tell me like well you're just such a like you know you're just like fake because you're trying to do this but you made this mistake the other day no i'm not i'm human we all do it you know and and it's just not true The Bible says that I am forgiven, I am free, I am whole through the blood of Jesus. So it teaches us who we are. And that's the opposite sometimes of what our brain tells us that we are, our thoughts tell us, uh, our family tells us, friends tell us, our teachers tell us. Everybody in the world can be telling you all kinds of things that are completely wrong about who you are, right? People love to point out your mistakes, but the blood of Jesus is there to tell you who you really are, which is God's child who's been made righteous through the blood of Jesus cleaned up from the inside out. And Dr. Jacobs wrote this in his book. I loved it. It says this, it's difficult to put into words how much your heavenly father wants to take care of you. He is not mad at you. It doesn't matter what you did last night, what you did an hour ago, what you did a week ago. He is not mad at you. If you've done something wrong, confess it, forget it, and go on. That thing has now just become a part of your past. Remember what the Bible says in 1 John 1, 9. God is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you. So if God cleanses you, you are cleansed. If God cleanses you, you are cleansed. And I know this seems simple, but so many people are not living life this way. It says if you've done something wrong, confess it, forget it, and go on. It is that simple. Confess it, forget it, and go on. It doesn't matter what it was. Confess it, forget it, and go on. And so many times I've kind of felt like, well, I'm just like letting myself off the hook too easy here, you know? Like if I don't feel bad enough for what I've done, then like, am I just being arrogant? Do I not really realize how bad it was? No, all of that is garbage. When Jesus died and gave his blood so that you could be completely clean and forgiven, he did that because he wanted you to walk that way every single day. You don't have to dwell in shame or guilt for what you've done just to let God know you feel bad about it. That's not what this is about. Jesus dealt with all of your guilt and shame on the cross, and he did that so that you don't have to. It can really be as easy as confess it, forget it, and move on. Confess it, forget it, and move on. And I have really struggled with that, but it's truly that simple. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. 
Whatever you did five seconds ago, five minutes ago, five days, or five years ago, that's the old you. It's gone. Dr. Jacob said in this book, he said, I am not the man that I was. The Michael Jacobs that was a drug dealer and an addict is dead. And I want to say the same thing to you. Listen, the person who did that thing that you're ashamed of, they're dead. They're gone. The blood of Jesus took them completely away. And that person that you were when you were hurt or abused or damaged, listen, that person can be gone too. It doesn't excuse what happened to you, but it means that you can move forward into your future and in the light of what Jesus has done and not live life as a damaged, limited person. It wasn't your fault, but you've got to choose to receive freedom for it. And it is so worth it to do that. Move forward because that is what God died for you to do. That's what the blood of Jesus did. So the blood of Jesus bought us, the blood of Jesus brought us, and the blood of Jesus taught us. It teaches us who we really are. And I want to read this to you in closing. I love this. Ephesians 2, 11 through 13 in the message says this. But don't take any of this for granted. It was only yesterday that you were outsiders to God's ways and you had no idea of any of this. Didn't know the first thing about the way God works and hadn't the faintest idea of Christ. You knew nothing of that rich history of God's covenants and promises in Israel. You hadn't a clue about what God was doing in the world at large. Now because of Christ and his blood, dying that death, shedding that blood, you who were once out of it altogether are in on everything. The blood of Jesus takes care of everything. Every hurt, every loss, every bit of shame, mental issues, physical issues. I have just really failed to look at the blood of Jesus correctly and realize that it addresses everything. When it said it brought peace in all of heaven and all of earth, that means it can take care of everything in my life. So I want to involve the blood of Jesus in my life. And here's how you do that. You start praying about it and you start talking to God about it and you start speaking that, you know, in your life, you start saying things like, God, you know, I thank you for the blood of Jesus that it's working in my life today, that because of the blood of Jesus, I'm forgiven and I'm clean. And because of the blood of Jesus, I'm healed. And because of the blood of Jesus, I've been restored inside and out. You start praying prayers like that and talking to God like that and talking to yourself like that. And you'll start seeing the effects of the blood in your life. Dr. Jacobs talks about it in his book. It is just as easy as saying, Father, I thank you for the blood of Jesus and all that it has done for me. And I'm focusing on that today. And I'm thinking about that today. And I'm going to pray about that regarding this situation that's difficult. And I'm going to pray about that regarding this relationship that's difficult. And I'm going to remind myself of that when guilt tries to come back on me that I can say, no, I don't have to walk in that because of the blood of Jesus. That's how you involve the blood of Jesus in your life. It's so simple. Just talk to God about it. Start bringing it up to God. I'm doing this in my life now because I told you I have failed to do this. I don't, prior to this, I, I don't remember the last time really I had brought the blood of Jesus up to God, you know? I was leaving it completely out, but when it takes care of everything that I need, it's worth mentioning and involving in my life. And I'll close with this quote from Dr. Jacobs that says, how far does the blood go? It goes into your past. It takes care of your present. And it goes into your future. It even went to hell once. Jesus' blood takes care of your spirit, the real you. It ministers to your soul, including your thoughts, your will, and emotions. And it provides for your physical body, 
That is everything in your entire life that the blood of Jesus made provision for. So please don't think it's weird to talk about the blood and don't shy away from talking about the blood and definitely don't leave the blood of Jesus out of your life because it is the way that God has provided for us to be completely made new inside and out. And it's not just a one-time event. It's every day that verse in 1 John 9 um, that Dr. Jacobs had referenced, the word cleansed in there in the Greek actually means like a continual cleansing. It's all the time. So it's every single day. Like he said, it reaches into your past, it takes care of your present, and the blood goes forward into your future. So I hope that you're encouraged tonight and that you'll really join me just in putting a lot of thought and prayer into this because I was so convicted of the fact that I had neglected this so severely in my life. Um, And I'm excited to see what God is able to do when I start really involving him in all this stuff. So I'll pray with you, and then I have an exciting announcement. So, Father, we're so thankful for the blood of Jesus. We're grateful for all that it does for us and all that it means to us. And I ask you, Father, for each person in this room, that as they begin to pray and talk to you about the blood of Jesus, you would begin to talk to us about it, Father. Show us what all it can do in our life. Show us the areas that we need to involve the blood in, Father. And forgive us for the times that we've left it out. We're so grateful, Father, that we can be made new every day. We can be clean every day, that you bought us and you brought us near to you, Father, and that you're teaching us who we really are. And we're grateful for all those things tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. To learn more about what's happening at The Quarry, check us out on social media 